Welcome to Roadhouse Minute, the podcast where we review the best bad movie of all time, Roadhouse, one minute at a time, and where we always try to be nice until it's time not to be nice. I'm Roger. And I'm Marcy. And this is Minute 26. So this minute starts with Steve asking a very inappropriate question about his mother, and it ends with Steve doing some questionable ID checking at the door. So I guess we're going to, this is a minute bookended by Steve. And I mean, I said this in the last minute, like, I don't know why Steve thinks that he's going to somehow outwit Dalton, but he's, he's going to try it again. And he, once again, he gets like dunked all over him. Yeah. And I have written down here, this is definitely the angriest napkin ripping minute in the history of cinema. Like, did you notice how Steve reacts when he just gets made a fool of? Yeah. He throws that napkin shard down. Punish that piece of paper. I'm going to get it. He's very upset. This is a this is a special minute for us, Marcy, because this is where we get part of our intro for every episode. This is where Dalton says, I want you, and he actually says a little bit differently. So he says, I want you to be nice until it's time to not be nice. Mm-hmm. If I were our next door neighbor, um, English teacher and uh, former chair of the department, I might get upset about his split infinitive, but he's just so cool in this minute. I'm just going to let it go. Yeah. This gosh, these these last three minutes are just fantastic in terms of how they're really going to set up the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy. So you remember we talked about younger last week, the guy mm-hmm. in the Missouri sweatshirt. Yeah, I enjoy how he feels like he has to raise his hand, like he's an eighth period French. Yeah, well, he still looks a little bit like he's, you know, going on twenty, but still finishing his senior year. What do you think Dal- about Dalton's reply to this question? Because I would say his tone changes a little bit. So Younger's question is like, how do we know when that is? When it's, in other words, how do we know when it's time not to be nice? Um, mm-hmm. What do you think about Dalton's reply? What does he say? Well, he says, "You won't. I'll let you know." Well, I think that's really vague, and um. It, it doesn't necessarily help these people that are unsure about what this new Dalton way is all about. Why, why do you think he presents it to them like that then? Because he doesn't want them to have like a set of rules like this and then that, because what he needs them to do is adopt the philosophy, not the actual like algorithm for doing one thing and then the other thing because right now what they do is they see a fight happening they yell fight and they enter into the scrum that's their algorithm yeah i I was going to say i think i think your point is good that he and i would sort of add to that that he probably just he doesn't trust the judgment of any of the the people in his bouncy staff right now so that's a good point what he's saying to younger is like look well this is what you just said so i'm just kind of reinforcing your point like I don't want you to make that decision, at least not yet. I will make that decision for you. Yeah. Uh, and then he just, he follows it up with another line. Like I, I love so many of his lines in this whole speech. He just says, you know, it's really simple. Just watch my back and each other's and take out the trash. Yeah. I think that's interesting that the first thing that he says is for them to watch his back. I, I get that. That's important, but like he should, I don't know. That makes me feel like he should be on top of it more than, than they are. I don't know. It just seemed a little odd to me. It does seem a little self-centered. Yeah. Like, don't you think the first, like he I should mean, be able to handle stuff and then he's watching their backs. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I would, I think his, I think the wording is a little strange too. Like you would think like number one priority should be watch out for the bar. 
Number two probably should be like, watch out for each other. Or maybe number one should be watch out for each other. Number two, watch out for the bar. Number three, take out the trash. I'm not sure. I, I think that's, I think when he says, watch my back, he means essentially like support the team, support the bar. I think that's what he's trying to say. It's weird way that he says it though. It's interesting too. And I'm only bringing this up because of what I've had to think about for the past couple of minutes. Do you have any sort of issue with him using the phrase, take out the trash? Take out the trash? Well, he's saying essentially the people that don't belong in the bar, you need to take them out of the bar. That's what he means by take out the trash. Oh, no, I get that. But like, why is that? Why is that popping for you? Well, because rule number three is be nice. If you consider the people who have to leave the bar to be trash. I mean, if if you see in these future minutes, his default go-to move is not to treat even the people that are behaving badly, not to treat them like trash, just to try to get them to stop what they're doing or if they have to, to kick them out of the bar. You can take out a bad element as a bouncer in a nice way, but I think that element still needs to go. I agree. I mean, maybe I'm just overanalyzing here. I guess I was just putting that out there as like, oh, that's interesting. I mean, it, it certainly it makes for a really nice turn of phrase, right? Yeah. You know, watch my back in each other's and take out the trash flows really nicely. So I guess maybe I should just be be okay with that. Yeah, be uh, okay, Roger. So I would say this, so this is, I guess you would say this is Dalton's night number two at the double deuce. And there's a lot more dancing. Remember when I yeah. said kind of earlier that my proxy for how well things are going at the double deuce is how many people there are on the dance floor. And there's a lot more people on the dance floor now, even, even though it still kind of looks like a honky tonk saloon, the, the dance floor is kind of jumping now. Yeah. So I think that's I think that's a good sign already that Dalton is sort of trying to make some meaningful improvements. I think it's a great um, cut musical cut too. I oh, I do it's too. Really fun. Yeah, we could talk about that now. So and and we've seen this before and we've talked about it before that I think one of the clear choices that they make are to use music intros as transition pieces. Yeah. Uh, and. Uh, the director even sort of talked about that, 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 that they, they did that as a, as a conscious choice. One of the implications for that is that they have to pick songs with really big hooks right at the beginning. So this song here, uh, mm-hmm. just so we can kind of get that information out, this song here is called Traveling Band. It was, it's originally a, a CCR song, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Oh, I love Creedence. Right, so it's written by John Fogarty. Did you listen to Credence growing up at all? Was that on your parents' no, playlist? <laughs> that's that, that's that's some dirty hippie music. My, parent, some, my parents were listening to ABBA and Air Supply. Remember, we had Credence in my house. I bet you did. Yeah, a lot of uh, stuff from the early seventies and late sixties. Yeah. So uh, no, I did not listen. I like it. No, I like it fine. It just was not, it wasn't in the rotation on the A-track. Wasn't there a lot of Credence, or maybe I'm imagining this, but in um, Forrest Gump, wasn't there? I think there are some very memorable memorable songs songs and given the the Vietnam era. era Yeah. Well, I I mean, there's sort of like the, the the Credence Killwood Arrival song, Fortunate Son. Yeah. I feel like is it's it's almost been overused to the point of becoming cliche. Like if you want to show a Vietnam War scene and oh. also indicate that people are not super happy about the Vietnam War, that's yeah. a classic song that you would pick from. Yeah, yeah. 
Because, you know, it's like, it ain't me, man. It ain't me. I ain't no fortunate son. Yeah. That is a movie that I think of when I think about uh, songs by that band. So, yeah, I, th- I think that's a great transition to this scene. And it's a, it's a good song. It's popping. I don't know if you noticed, but in the front, we're going to talk about them a lot more in the next minute. But in the front, we see two of our named cast members. Um, we've got Table Dancer. Oh, uh, who's, who's She's ready. She's not ready to dance on the table yet. She's getting ready. Uh, and her her beau, whose name in the script is Loudmouth. Oh, he, I wanted it to be Hawaiian shirt guy so no, badly. His name is Loudmouth, but he is wearing a pretty fantastic shirt. It's different in style than almost everything else that we've seen in the Double Deuce so far. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, he you're so you're a fashion consultant. What do you think about him kind of walking in here in his Jackson Pollock print shirt? I didn't think it was Jackson Pollocky. I thought it was definitely a Hawaiian print, but um, I did think it was a bold move in this place where it's like so drab. It makes him stand out quite a bit, and also his hair. His hair is the closest to not a mullet that we've seen so far. No, it's I would more say more like a poof top. I would say it's it's almost kind of bordering on afro. The mullet has gone to the top of his head and not to the bottom of his head. I think he's wearing the kind of shirt that you would wear if you entered this bar already pretty secure in your relationship with Table Dancer because if he you're not coming into the double deuce uh picking her up like that as a single guy (laughs) wearing that shirt yeah this is this is a very confident person's shirt and we're gonna see in the next minute he is very confident at least for about another 60 seconds well he's got that switchblade well yeah we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna see that in effect yeah uh, after this, oh, we get some we get some great Denise in this eyes night. from Denise. What do you think about what do you tell me? Tell me how you're feeling is about just the whole Denise, the the Denise-ness of this minute. The Denise tableau right there. I mean, it's it's probably like a solid two and a half seconds of Denise and her other friends who we've got like a redhead and a brown head. And um, they're just, these two other women are so disconnected from being with Denise. I have written down here too. Her table mates could not look more bored right now. The woman that's on her right with the long brown hair, I don't know that she realizes that she's supposed to be having fun in a bar right now because she just looks like dead. She doesn't have any expression or any sort of like motion in her body that she's listening to music. Do you think, I mean, so we, we decided in, in the brawl, when we were talking about the first brawl, we kind of decided, I think that Denise is a regular in the double deuce based on the fact that she seems to have a relationship with Carrie Ann. She's probably coming in here pretty frequently. Yeah. Do you think at this point though, she is coming in to try to get Dalton. You mean like she saw him in the last, the last evening was her first sighting. And now this sighting, she looks like she wants to eat him alive. <laughs> I wrote down, see, I wrote down here, her, her chin tilt, that thing where she, so she, she, she locks eyes and then she does this thing where she just lowers her chin imperceptibly. It has a very, I agree with you. I wrote down here, it has a very predatory look, like a big cat stalking its prey. Yeah. I can't tell that Dalton has seen her because if you look at his eyes, when it cuts to him, 
they're off at an angle. They're not necessarily looking right at the camera, and she's looking right at the camera. Yeah, I don't think he's looking at her at all. He's doing sort of he's a variation. Doing he's doing the lifeguard. Lifeguard surfing of lifeguard surveying of the double deuce. But you agree with me that she has her eyes are locked on Dalton, right? You oh, agree with no me? No doubt. Like okay. she's gonna eat him, like I said. Whoa, whoa. Okay. So if if we both agree on that. What do you think was the conversation that somehow enabled her to drag these two friends? Like, do you think he just, she just said like, Hey, I need some backup. I'm going to try to go pick up the, the new cooler at the double deuce. And these like, no. why did these two women agree to come out with her tonight? If they could not care less about being in a bar. This is what these three women do, Roger. This is what they do. They go out to the bar together. Wait, but if this is what they do, night. they, but clearly at least one of them and maybe two of them hate it. It doesn't matter. They they don't have anything else to do. This is just what they do together. I guess so. Man, that woman on the right, that brunette, she looks... I lied. She does have a little shake in her body, but it's more like she's having a... I don't she know. Looks, she's not having a good it's time. It's like a, a wiggle down in her body, like low in her body, that's making some weird things happen with her shoulder pads. The woman on the left, at least, seems like she's sort of looking around, scoping things out, yeah. seeing what's going on. Yeah. But the, this is a fantastic Denise minute. We're going to get others that are just as good, but this is a good one. All right. Then we're going to get to the last The last part of this minute is the uh, the fantastic ID checking scene. Yeah. Kudos, I guess, to Jack, right? He's He is, again, sort of being his jocular self. I think he's trying to put up a fight before Steve swoops in. Yep. I'm going to talk with these women that clearly look like they're under 18. Oh yeah. They look like they're, and well, am I right? It, it, that... it would be, it would be under 21, right? Yeah. But they look like they're under 18. That's um, possible. And, and am I right that the woman on the left is going to be the one that's having relations with him in a little bit. Yes. The woman on the left is going to be getting in cahoots with Steve very soon. Yeah. Uh, you're a fashion consultant. Do you have any opinion on this fantastic, fantastic pink number that we see right in the middle of our oh, camera shot? The, it's terrifying. I think <laughs> the worst part about it are the black buttons right over the lapels of this, I, this green lapel that's on that. I wouldn't mind it if it was just a hot pink off the shoulder n number, but they've added a, a, I don't know, teal lapel with black, big black buttons. Like, what the heck are they doing there? Am I crazy in saying that she almost looks like she's wearing a Christmas present? Yeah, it's, it's, it's like off she, she looks like, like she's that. been. She looks like she's in wrapping paper. Yeah, it's terrible. It's not. It's not good, and she's got a. She's is got that, the worst hair too. Is that a is that a scrunchie? I don't think so because a scrunchie usually goes around a ponytail, and oh, that looks like that looks like a big puffed barrette that's hanging off the head, side of her head, as like the rest of her hair got sprayed in the wind to go in the other direction. I don't think scrunchie. Very the, strange. I don't think the scrunchie technology had been invented in 1989, um, and yeah, she's got oh man, like her her hair is uneven it's teased in multiple directions she looks like she went to the hair salon and said make me look like tina turner in mad max beyond thunderdome roger i wonder how many of these women were wearing their hair like this in the wild when they came to set and like they just had to touch them up 
and how many of these women they had to do this hairdo to them because you have to have it cut in a certain way where it's got tons of layers throughout it in order to make it puff in the front and in the back like Denise's hair has to be cut in that atrocious manner to make her have this big poodle hair well, I and think they've Den- got perms. I mean, I think because, well, I think everybody in the 80s had perms. But do uh, these I, women at the time of shooting have this hair do? So I have some thoughts about that. I think in the case of Denise, since we know she's a major character, they probably just decided this is going to be your hairstyle. I bet she's wearing a wig. Uh, oh. I'm just guessing that that might be a wig that she's wearing. Wow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that these these young ladies here probably had their hair made up on the day because I'm also guessing that perhaps they were cast from Playboy. What, when was this filmed? 1988-89. So this is prime big hair. Oh, yeah. So these women could, in fact, be walking around their lives looking like this. I'm not saying that they that they aren't. I think that's yeah. a distinct possibility. I'm also just saying if you're in the line of work from which many of the actresses in this movie came from, you're probably used to just arriving on set and just having someone do your hair in some ridiculous getup. Yeah. All right. It's a pretty good scene. I mean, it's it's amusing that they try to get in with the Sears credit card. And then Steve sort of swoops in. The script is even better. So I actually think this is one time where I sort of, I think the joke in the script is maybe a little bit better than what's what we actually see here on screen. So mm. here's what it's supposed to say according to the script. Uh, it says here, just inside, one of the two girls entering pauses to hand the doorman, who I guess is supposed to be Jack something. And the doorman says, what the hell is this? I asked for your ID. And one of the girls says, oh, I thought you said my IUD. Ew. That's <laughs> disgusting. Okay, it's disgusting, but you're laughing. That's a pretty funny joke. Whenever I think uh, I'm going to say IUD, it comes out UTI. <laughs> oh. And I'm saying the exact wrong thing. That, that is not These are a not change synonyms. No, not at all. Not cinnamons. The only other... <laughs> Did you hear what I said? I think you said they're not cinnamons. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> the only other note I have here is that uh, at the very end of this minute, uh, when Steve swoops in, he ca- actually calls Jack Bear. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, no. um, and that's because in the script, uh, the character is actually called Jack the Bear. Oh. And why don't we talk about him right now? So I'd like to spend just a couple minutes talking about this actor. So the actor who played Jack the Bear who I don't think is ever, except for this moment, that's the only time we ever hear that. Um, His name is Travis McKenna. Uh, He's born in 1960 in my, uh, one of my former hometowns, Lutherville, Maryland, where I grew up for uh, about five years of my um, formative childhood. Uh, The IMDb says that his nickname is T-Bone. T-Bone. I'm not sure if that is a comment on his personality, his shape, his diet. Roger, we have to do the same thing again. This man has got some movies. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, all right. That's fine. We can do that. Um, oh my what, God. Let me, let me, let me just, let me just mention all a couple right. more things and then we'll play the movie game. Cause I, I like what oh you're bringing God. here. So he is, he, before he got into acting, he was a bodyguard, which I guess you could see. Uh, and he was a bouncer. So he actually has 
professional experience. Maybe, maybe part of the reason why in the last minute he was just acting like, you know, okay, is because he has personal experience of working in crappy places like the Double Deuce, oh. where some guy swoops in and says, I'm going to make everything better. And he's like, yeah, right, buddy. That's what you think. He has, he has 42 credits in the IMDb over the span of 25 years. That so that's was my exact- guess for the last guy. Oh, uh, well. All right. So why don't you tell that. us... Tell us some of your favorite IMDb credits for Travis McKenna. Dead woman, women in lingerie. Whoa. Yeah. That's Skinamax. Uh-huh. Hamburger, the motion. Wait, uh, are you sure it's not mo- the motion picture? Motion picture. <laughs> <laughs> Marcy, just, just, could you, could you perhaps tell me what you imagine a movie would be like that is called <laughs> Hamburger, colon, the motion? The motion. <laughs> I don't know. Um, there's something called Trancers 3. Oh, I've heard of the first movie, Trancers. I, yeah. I think I have. Maybe I'm just pretending. Casper meets Wendy. Oh, do you think that's one? That must have been one of the sequels to... That was probably a direct-to-video sequel to that first Casper that came out like a while ago. Yeah. That's definitely a Disney Channel movie cheerleader camp oh we're back to skinamax the picture for this does not look like that cheerleader is still alive that's a horror movie that is a campy horror movie at that well we know it's campy marcy because it's called cheerleader camp look at the bottom of that woman's shirt and see what's going on there it's a little bit of a crop top that's not holding all the crops in so (laughs) i have Wow. I know. I'm so funny tonight. Oh you God. are. I wish you would catch more of them, though, because I, you keep missing them all. <laughs> I do. Well, tipple. Oh, oh, God. All right. I'll give you one more. How is the person in that cheerleader camp having a, an entirely skeletal head and an entirely corporeal body? Like, how know. is how is it that they only decayed from the neck up i don't know whoever's Roger, doing whoever's sometimes doing the botox helps with that i don't know for oh, sure there you go all right give us one more ride with the wind that, that i mean it's not that seems like that was his attempt to to make the transition into art movies and it didn't work well i think the kid in this picture is the rider and maybe he is the I th- wind i think they're all riding i I think wind ha- beneath his wings. I'm having a hard time seeing Travis McKenna playing wind. Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, okay. I, I, I think I think he does a nice job in this movie. I mean, he's not in a lot of scenes, but I think the scenes that he is in, he does a nice job in. Yeah. As far as trivia goes, the only other piece of trivia I have for this minute, according to Rowdy Harrington, before this movie came out, nobody had ever heard of the term the cooler. Oh, interesting. And we've talked about that. So I guess the cooler is essentially the person who's in charge of the bouncing staff and potentially more, right? And in Roadhouse, clearly Dalton has been given responsibility for all the bar business. So that's a little bit more. He's taking care of the actual liquor part too. Yes. And I I thought this would just be a behavior of patrons thing. No, he's he's got he's got more to do than that. Okay, uh, Marcy, are you ready? It's been a while, but are you ready to do some crowd surfing? Yes. So, listeners, just in case you've forgotten, this is the segment. Once we get back into our crowd scenes, this is where Marcy and I are each going to pick one extra out of the minute, 
and talk about why we like that person. So uh, we've got someone in this minute. We got someone in the next minute. Would you like to go first uh, in this minute or would you like me to go first? I'll go first. I really enjoyed the dancing part. And if you go to um, second 40 mid screen, there's a woman in blue jeans and kind of a, I don't know, purplish shirt. And a ponytail? Just a, a ponytail who just seems to be bouncing up and down repeatedly. And then she kind of like, she kind of gets into a little bit of a twist. She's partner dancing ish with a man that's to the right with like big white pants on. Um, but it reminded me so much of the peanuts holiday um, <laughs> cartoon where they had the little girls that were doing this little funny dances together. Oh, that, those are my favorite. So that those I know are, you love them. Those are the the girls in the Peanuts Christmas special that do this. They do this thing with their head. Yeah, Marcy, that's exactly who I picked. <gasps> I picked the exact same person. She's, She's fantastic. She is fantastic in this minute. I, I'm gonna. I I really enjoy her dancing style, uh, just like you do. The first half. So. The first half, it almost looks like she's attempting to jump rope. Yeah, it's my with her favorite hands. part of her half. And then she does that sort of twisty thing with yeah. her waist. She's, yeah. she, uh, I agree with you. Let's just say she's, a, she seems very limber. Yeah. Let's, let's do our three rules. Rule number one, never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Uh, what do you have for this rule number one in this minute, Marcy? Oh my gosh. Well, I think... Um, I want to pick Denise as having the opponent of Dalton at this point, because now she is, she's on the hunt. Do you think she's underestimating Dalton at this point? I think so. I think she's just looking at him as like a man meat and she is, she doesn't quite get, she doesn't have any sense of what she's in for there. We're going to get another great scene with Denise and Dalton. I think it's actually their only scene of dialogue coming up in about 15 minutes where we're going to, we're going to explore her quest for glory. Um, But yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Other than that, you know, as usual, Dalton seems totally prepared um, for whatever his bouncing staff is going to throw back in his face at the beginning of the minute. Uh, Steve, I don't think Steve expected Dalton to take his funny, funny joke and throw it back in his face like that. Yeah. What about rule number two? Uh, take it outside. Never start anything in the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. What do we think about this minute? Do you think this is the wisest plan of attack from Denise to attempt to get this thing started with Dalton inside the bar? Or do you think she probably should have waited until he was off the clock? Yeah, off work. Like maybe that would be a better situation for her because... Uh, I think, but I also think that she's so used to all the people in there, um, who are working as being also in cahoots with the patrons. Like maybe she had something going on with Steve at one point, like maybe she's been through that. Maybe she's been through that meat grinder and come out the other end of it. She's like I said in the I think you're episode, mixing your metaphors there in a way like, that's making me deeply uncomfortable, Marcy. <laughs> like Steve is a, a deeply lonely man and Denise you, Okay, Marcy. Denise you, is just after whatever whatever companionships she could get. So maybe for a little bit they could get in codes. 
I could not disagree with you more. Do you really think that someone of Steve's caliber is going to be able to land someone of Denise's caliber? No, you're probably right there. I mean, for starters, how old do you think Denise is playing in this movie? She's probably just a few years younger than Steve, and he needs a lot of years younger. Well, because he is clearly not mature enough to be able to establish a relationship with someone anywhere around his age. Yeah, I would agree. I would I want to say she's probably in her late 20s. Yeah. I agree with what Roger said last week. If we if we peg Steve at about 35, yeah. which seems about right. I don't think I don't I think Denise is a lot more selective than you would lead us to believe. I mean, we already know at this point she yeah, is she is already right. connected to someone, right? Who? Well, she's already connected to Brad Wesley. Do we see that yet? I mean, we don't we don't know that, but you and I know that. So I'm just saying we know that she, I think, has a tendency to look for attractive quarry. Maybe not physically attractive, but... Okay, but if you just take the movie so far, we don't necessarily know that much information about her. Okay, but, all right, let me take another tack. If you, but if you she, wanna... let's just go by the hairdo. Well, Can... if you want to be superficial like that, go ahead. Yeah, like, I do want to be superficial like that, Roger. Come on. Um like her hairdo can pair to some of the other women in the bar. Like she has quaffed blonde hair and just maybe keep, it's keep not, it. maybe it's not. Um, You're just proving my point for me. So keep it up. Well, what I'm saying is like, maybe that's not her real color. So maybe she puts in uh, quite a bit of time and money into what she wears and does with her appearance. And so, I also agree with you that she wouldn't go for Steve. He's I mean, too low-hanging fruit. Just to call back to the previous scene in which we were introduced to Denise, the way that she stands up from her table, walks over to the bar as though she owns the place, and she realizes in that moment that every single man in the bar is looking at her. Yeah. And then when that oafish guy comes over to her and says his horrible pickup line uh, about vodka rocks, and she just turns him down. I don't if she was as desperate at all. Oh, really? Don't, what well, minute is this? Well, don't look back at it now. But this is the part where the guy comes over and says, "Hey, vodka rocks. What do you say? You and me get nipple to nipple." What are you talking about? When did we hear this? This was earlier on in the. Oh, maybe it was that you know week that this, I was this, off. These were Pete's minutes. That's right. So you maybe I had were not three here minutes for this that minute. I met. I missed and I didn't watch them. But they did happen in the past, and she and she just says like no. She just shuts him down. All right. Uh, clearly, she has a standard right. um, that includes people like Dalton and does not include lots of other people. Cool. So I guess if she wanted to wait until 4.30 in the morning, that might have been a better time to yeah, maybe to land to land her catch. Roger, were people nice in this minute? Oh, thank you for asking me, Marcy. Good yeah. setup. I mean, I think this is one of the first examples where Dalton is not so nice, right? I mean, his his comeback to Steve's really nasty comment about his own mother, you know, he says, like, uh, what if they call my mama? You know, a, yeah. a very bad word. Well, is she? And, well, is she? That's 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 not very nice. Well, I mean, he's dealing with Steve being a punk to him multiple times. So I also think. I mean, I I think he does that just like you say to kind of knock him down a peg. I also think he's doing that in that moment to be instructive. 
to say to the rest of the staff, like, look, this is the kind of comment you might get from someone in the bar. Just are, ignore are it. Are you going to be able to keep your cool or are you going to turn into a psychotic napkin ripping, unuseful bouncer? Yeah. So. I, I think um, towards the end of the minute, Steve is very nice to those underage girls who really want to be in this bar and think, they need to watch out for that. I think Jack is being nice too. I, I would say he is, he is firm, but cordial with them. And he yeah. is ready to very nicely say, you know, come on, come ladies, this is, a few a, years. this is a Sears credit card. Come yeah. on back when you're old enough to drive. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you once again for listening to another episode of Roadhouse Minute. Please, if you can, rate and review us on your favorite podcatching app. Come and join us on Facebook at The New Double Deuce. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at, at @rhminute, And you can email us at daltonsaysbenice at gmail.com. So remember, until next time, be nice. Bye now. Bye.